Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 137. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have back with us the acclaimed and celebrated writer of comics and fiction prose, Stephanie Nina Pizzarillos. Hi, Barney. Hey, 137. Excellent 137. Good, good timing. Yeah, see? <laughs> um, and, and you're here. So you're here to talk to us about your latest Kickstarter, Zine 1000. How not to be colonized by outreach programs. Lord, Barney, if I have to fold a thousand zines, zine 100. <laughs> I know. So you're doing it all by yourself. Zine 100. Yeah, not zine 1000. I'm not folding a thousand. It's a make 100. It's a make 100 project on Kickstarter. The right. ones that I'm doing, the handmade ones, yes, I'm doing that myself. But there is a collaboration I'm doing with another group. That's amazing. And so, you know, we, we, we pull it up. We look at, you know... So check it out if anybody's interested. You know, look at it. if you're listening to the audio podcast of this. Just do a search for Zine 100. You can actually do a hashtag Zine 100 too, right? If you want to, right? Yeah, or you just literally write Z I N E 100, and now it shows up. See, I forgot to turn off all the phones in my house. <laughs> <laughs> <I told you. laughs> I forgot to. <laughs> I tried. I tried. See, um, somebody's yeah. calling you right now about ordering another <laughs> ordering a zine. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if you do a quick search uh, just with Zine One Hundred, it will show up on Kickstarter. We are almost there. We're like seventy seven percent funded. Um, awesome. That new math threw me off. It used to be four seventy. You could do the math, Barney. But we're 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 really really close. Um, and yeah, do you want me to tell you a little about it? You know, talk to me, Barney. Yeah, so talk. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I guess I should interview you, huh? I just wanted to let you go for it. <laughs> well, you know, I can talk. I can just go on, and you just can sit there. We've done that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, it, some of the some of the best dialogue is right there. So tell us about. No, first of all, kind of give kind of our, our audience just kind of a, a background of what a zine is. Some, yeah. some folks that might not be familiar with that with that yeah. medium. Great, great way to start. So a zine, you know, a really simplistic way of saying what a zine is, is it's like a little booklet, right? Um, it's usually self-published. Um, you know, the Zine 100 is straight up the do-it-yourself. You know, you take some paper, you fold it, you fold it, you fold it, you cut it, you fold it, and you write in it, and voila, you have a zine. And your printer is a copy machine, right? This is just the old school basic concept mm. of what a zine. And, you know, originally they were very much... They started out sci-fi, fan fiction, and the punk scene, um, but they have certainly evolved um, beyond that. You know, you tell your story, your personal story, your made-up story. You know, um, you know things that you like. Um, there are a lot of how-to informational zines, um, but they are now. You know, some of them are indistinguishable from actual published books, right? Like there's mm. like art books. You know, and I have some examples here. Um, so, yeah, I just like to think of them as like a pocket size or a small or really creatively shaped book that you can basically self-publish on your own. So do you see, you know, going to college in the 90s, people had zines. Like zines, that was, you'd find those in the record stores. You'd like, there right. were zines all over the, do you see um, in, in your line of work, is there a, a resurgence, almost like a, 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 new, a, a new renaissance of, of the zine culture now? 
Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, again, I'm I'm more new to the zine scene, you know, in the past year and a half, um, you know, pandemic and all and being a little impatient with traditional publishing. And, and, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, I want something now. I want to be creative. And, and um, you know, my, my husband is a zine collector without me understanding what that was back then and always handing me these little booklet things. Like, what is that? Like, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, they, they were big. I'm not, don't quote me on the years, but you know, when they started, right. When copy machines were kind of probably novel, um, <laughs> um, maybe quiet down, but certainly now with, self-expression and everybody, you know, being, uh, publishing, being a little bit more accessible. I think we've certainly seen a resurgence in them in the past few years. Right. So, so, mm -hmm. oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was saying some would critique, um, that they've kind of skewed in a lot of ways to, you know, that fine line and to what is an art book or a chat book or a book book. Um, so there's certainly discussions about, you know, how they're kind of, moved from their roots of this sort of radical, you know, do it yourself, spread your messages underground sort of thing to something more commercialized or gentrified. So there is right. that discussion too. And and also too, it's it's almost, it's the, the birth of the zine was just had easy access to self-expression or, or sending out a message. Um, and now we've seen, um, you know, the newer generations with the access of the internet, people can basically do the initial reason for zines via a blog or, a, or, or, or a tweet or, or something along those lines. Um, but is there a reason or a, a callback for holding your thoughts in a physical form that you can hold in your hand and give to somebody? Is that, yeah, I mean, the I think there were or there are discussions and um, there's so many resources out there for those that want to know more. My sort of academic introduction to zines was via right. Broken Pencil magazine um, and then attending the Latino Comic Book Expo. There was a presentation um, by Isabel um, and Castro, Queen of, Taco, Queen of Tacos TX on Twitter, who did a whole um, great presentation on how to zines. But um Totally lost track of what, oh, so the, <laughs> lost track of the actual question. The, so there had, like, there were discussions like, or do, did blogs kind of replace, you know, when blogs were big, right? Right. You know, was that replacing zines? Did that kind of decrease their popularity? Um, but, you know, so many things are coming back, you know, vinyl records in a different way, right? You know, do we need, <laughs> need vinyl records when we have, you know, I think there is something to be said. I'm definitely a print holds paper person, whether it's generational, whether it's someone that appreciates books as art objects of art as well, not just um, what's written inside them, but how they're crafted. Um, but then there's also about, do you want a digital footprint? Um, you know, is this mm. information, do you live in a country where it's safe for you to actually, or can you, do you have internet access to post these things, to spread this information? you know, versus kind of leaving them anonymously. Um, I think those things factor in too, depending on where you live and what you're trying to do and what you're, you're trying to say. Right. Certainly for me, um, I just love the physical uh, art form of, of what a zine is. I like, you know, handcrafting it. I like making it. 
Um, and then I like dropping them to places where I think, um, particularly if they're ones that have um, a social angle or um, a public health angle, um, dropping them in places, um, whether it be community centers or, well, Andromeda did this, or um, <laughs> like lampposts or abandoned uh, weird objects in New York City and in Manhattan, um, where you just have, you set up a little sign that says free zine store and you leave your zines there for people to read. And I actually had a neighbor who, um, there was a, a little zine, free zine store set up on this like abandoned, I called it a like a Decepticon, like an unidentified Decepticon, like this strange contraption <laughs> um, that had been in our street for like 15 years. Nobody moved. It was graffitied up. I call, I, I found it to be a Decepticon. And <laughs> you know, there were zines that were left in there. And I did it because the ER was right next to it. And my neighbor, <laughs> she's like, I just, I had to go to the ER. This was during COVID. She didn't have COVID, but this was during that time. And I was like, man, I had nothing to read. But then I saw, <laughs> saw the zines. I saw the zine store and I took them with me and I read them in the waiting room. So there is something to be said about that part too of making zines and sharing them with people in creative formats. Yeah, there was a Decepticon. Right. <laughs> Aha, space invaders, get it? <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us now, Stephanie, about your your Kickstarter. Sure. So um, so what is the Z100 thing? It's uh, Z100, How Not to Be Colonized by Outreach Programs, a how-to zine on working with people who offer you stuff. So what does that mean? Um, basically, um, I wanted to give tips for groups that take, whether it's money or programming from funders with the public health angle, but it can apply to a lot of situations that are not limited to public health, but it does have like an outreach angle. And Give tips on how you can take that money without sacrificing dignity, mm. culture, and improving efficacy. Because in my public health career, which was a wonderful, you know, over 15 years, I did a lot of outreach and we did a lot of good things, but I also saw a lot of harm and how things could have been done better. And hospitals, universities, groups, they know what to do, right? Like they know they get their grants, they write to funders, they say, this is how I'm going to do it. It's going to be culturally appropriate. It's going to be done this way. All the beautiful things. It's not quite implemented in that way. And the intentions are good, but there can be a lot of bad things that come out of it. And, you know, I, ha I had another interview was like, well, why don't you write the zine from the perspective of the funders so they could get it right to begin with, right? They, that's been done. Folks know what to do. They, they know how to do it right. And they, they get awards and they give themselves awards for it. And I myself have been given awards for a lot of the things that I programs that I ran. Right. I wanted something that spoke directly to folks who are on the receiving end so that they felt and knew that they had the ability to actually shape these programs, um, to ask for things. Um, and yeah, you can reverse engineer it. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of the supporters, um, that have signed on and backed, some of them are the ones that do want to reverse engineer it. And maybe I'll make a second zine from it, but I did, I did want something that spoke directly, um, 
to constituents, to those affected by the program. So there's two point parts of the zine and interrupt me at any time, Barney, because I could talk and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> <laughs> but there's two versions, right? And it, I should say it's a buddy system. So okay. you're pretty much, and there's different rewards. We can get to that. But you're basically for every zine 100 you're buying, um, I'm going to give one to a community group or a community member who could put it to good use. So you're not just buying a zine, whether you're a zine collector or you're someone that wants to make use of this yourself, but you're also providing one for a group that, that could use it. And there's the Andromeda Zine 100. Why is, my, why is it called Zine 100? Because I took up Kickstarter's Make 100 Challenge, um, where you make 100 of something. And I can handle making a hundred of these Andromeda zines. Not a thousand, Barney. Not a thousand. <laughs> Lord, I'll have to, you know, use some child labor for that. And you might get some funny looking zines as a result. Funnier than they already are. Um, but I also thought, you know, not everyone can appreciate a do-it-yourself zine, right? And I can't really make more than a hundred. Or I could, but I kind of also want to write comics and novels and all those other things. <laughs> and be a mom to my kids so i thought um and you know you can ask me how i came to know i love my hood but i thought uh bringing in the i love my hood uh collective would be a wonderful opportunity to bring uh, a group that is devoted to community that uh deals with issues of you know how can community not be taken advantage of and get the best of both worlds and add some really cool style writing Right. Um, and professional illustrations and utilize an actual printer and not just the stationary. Love you, stationary store. Um, but use a printer, Radix Media, which is local owned, local, excuse me, union um, and worker owned here, wow. in, here okay. in Brooklyn. So, yeah, you get to choose whether you want my little scri uh, scribbles um, or um, something that is done by an actual illustrator. And they would get upset at me for saying that because they said, you got to respect your art. And you don't need us. You could just do it. I'm like, yes, yeah, some people might want, you know, <laughs> some people might want a different style. So that's why I offered two. Right. Okay. Uh, I think I backed the two one. I think that's what I did. Yeah, you did. You did. And yeah. you get to choose. So the nice thing is you get to choose, depending on your tier, let's say you did the simple, the, the, the $15 one, which is one for you, one for community. You get to choose which one you get, you want to keep, whether it be the Andromeda um, the hand, the, the one that I showed that's on the screen right now, the smaller one and that's handmade or the one that is by the, I love my hood collective. Um, and then for the one that we give away, either you tell me if you have a group in mind or a community member and I send it, or if you feel, you know, someone and want both and want to send them both, on, uh, send, send that copy on your own. We could do it that way too. So very flexible to the needs of the group. And there's so many reward tiers that you can choose from based on, based on your needs. Right. Um, and so how, and I, I, my, my next question for you is like, how relatable is this for, um, is it specifically for um, like, like outreach programs or do, would it work for, you know, say uh, uh, a school in Uganda who is, being reached out to by Plan International or Save yeah. the Children who's looking Totally, because that's outreach, right? right? I mean, obviously some things might not travel as well overseas, but like all these questions, I think that would be quite appropriate. All these questions come down to um, 
really getting to know the program model of whoever it is that's serving you or giving you money, because there's mm -hmm. different ways for you to get a pot of gold, as I say it, right, in the zine. Um, understanding that model and making sure that it's in line with your community and your needs. Mm -hmm. And that in the end, you get what you want as well. And you're not kind of left in the dust like, wait, what happened? <laughs> you know, it felt good for maybe six months, but now they have big resumes and, and pretty things. And what do we really have? Like, we have a vacuum because we relied on them for those six months. So, you know, it's very simple. It's not, it could write a whole, we could write a whole book on something like this. Simple questions to help spark those thoughts so that you can have a dialogue um, with whoever it is you're taking money or help craft, you know, those programs. And, you know, if the simple tips, because the zine follows a simple call and response with humorous cartoons, um, if that's not enough, there is a reward tier where you get like an hour webinar where I actually walk you through these concepts in real live examples. And, and I'm happy to give one real live example here of, you know, a, a situation where an outreach program was in a bind because mm -hmm. they took funding. So, I was doing a con uh, I was doing a, a conference and presenting in a panel in Washington, DC. Don't ask me which one, something with childhood obesity prevention. And after the presentation, um, uh, a group or two went up to me, pulled me aside and said, I really like what you said. And I, I really wish we could hand out material that says drinking water is healthier than drinking soda. But our funding comes from soda company. And I can't hand that out because I don't want my funding to be taken away. And you see this over and over and over, right? And plays out in different forms. And it's those little things that if the outreach is true, true outreach, you gave money to a soccer league because you care about them and you care about kids. The funder should not have this expectation that you're not going to hand out material that's based on science and national standards on, you know, what's healthy and what's not. Right. But you should also feel comfortable and not feel that you have to be silenced and muzzled. So that's like a, one small example of how it might play out in an outreach program. But it's a real thing. And, you know, you can hurt your constituents by not figuring out those things from the beginning or adjusting them mid-course. Right. Um, do you see also, you know, with, with this and in your in your work work with you know health advocacy, uh, have you seen a change in the last few years of of these outreach programs on being a bit more, I guess, like community centered in their approach? Well, I'll say no. I will preface it. I mean, some like I can't speak for all. I will say I'm more removed in the last few year, few years, but also not having um, a husband who is a primary care physician in the same programs and constituents that I served, right? So I get, you know, I get to hear the challenges um, in that field. I think that we have not made progress. We've certainly got better in how we present our, our um, how good we are in our programs and how we do outreach. But if you look at the health outcomes or you actually interview um, constituents, you would, it would paint, it would have a different story. I think we become savvier in how we present things. Um, but very much programs are not based uh, on an asset approach. And the zine goes into this. 
but more still the savior and not really respecting culture and community input. And mm. and where how do you find also just from a just from an art perspective is like how in, how important and, and necessary is art in that dialogue when it comes to advocacy? Listen, it is so important and you know, when I was doing these programs, I said, please have a budget for a graphic designer. <laughs> clip art. This is the, you know, the days of word and clip art. Right. You know, people don't want to read our long, boring PDFs with right. like generalized, you know, clip art. And and a lot of times, you know, I I got lucky. I mean, I was very fortunate in a lot of things. It was a, a you know, the program went at one point it was grant funded and I had uh, leadership that pretty much let me do what I wanted. Right. Um, and I was a bit of a, I don't say a maverick, <laughs> but I did things that people who would were more worried about losing the job probably wouldn't do. And I mean that in a good way, mm. as my, as the administration told me, meaning I didn't take no for an answer because they like to say no a lot. I just worked hard in finding another way to get the yes. And so I was able to, you know, okay, I'm going to work at you. You don't have a graphic designer on site. I'm using part of my budget to hire one, right? So to work with one outside. Um, so yeah, um, it's very important because when we actually had a graphic designer and it wasn't Stephanie with clip art, <laughs> <laughs> people actually wanted to read what we had it to say, right? Um, when we actually paid for a logo professionally people were like that's that's a you know it, it it made a big difference it definitely made a big difference what makes an even bigger difference is if you have great art and then messaging that actually resonates with the community you serve so for example um it's really boring and condescending to say just you know eat your fruit and vegetables and your plate should look like this and you know your plate whatever your plate has stuff that you don't normally eat in your culture right but example um for what we use in the dominican community um add some green to la bandera la bandera meaning the flag but also the staple dish of rice beans and meat and we had a restaurant offer add some greens to la bandera that makes sense. You're not telling me eat Martian fruit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not telling me, you're telling me you know my culture and you're not trying to make me eat things necessarily. It's okay to introduce new things, but you're not, um, you're not coming with a condescending and know-it-all and just imposing and colonizing um, my culture. You're actually understanding what we eat and maybe we can tweak it. Maybe we can add some more greens. Um, so art and culturally appropriate messaging, I say, go a long way. And, and so, and as you said, with that, it's, you know, identifying the pictures, identify what the message is specific to the audience that you're trying to reach out to. Yes, totally. Yeah. I mean, at some point, um, Michelle Obama, because um, she had her Let's Move campaign, and I was very fortunate to be 
invited early on to the White House to help her team actually form and develop, having seen the work that I was doing and I think it was 11 other organizations and saying, we want to replicate what you're doing in your communities, but on a national level. Mm. And what one of the things that uh, came out of it is she had a partnership with Goya. Now, if you read my things, <laughs> I think you ordered one, Bernie. I forgot to send you them. Sorry. Um, we could talk about Goya <laughs> now, but another time or later. <laughs> Um, but, you know, a staple brand in the Latino, Latinx, Latine um, uh, community, that's effective marketing, right? Having a brand you use, you know, something homey, it's not, a, hey, that makes sense. Okay, they're trying to say that, um, you know, my plate looking like this, but still Goya, I'm not endorsing Goya. I'm just giving that as an example because it worked then. Um, <laughs> you're going to reach your your target group and numbers easier and it's more effective and it's not some, okay. Yeah. Patrick, no Goya, Goya, no Goya, Goya. I don't forget my hashtag or go Goya way was one of the ones, the other group. <laughs> I remember the Goya stuff. Yeah. I was Let me tell you, my kids are so traumatized from that. They have hid uh, empty Goya cans in the house. Yeah. <laughs> they feel that attached to the brand that's how strong it is so i find under their beds <laughs> to remember <laughs> sidetrack but um yeah branding and culturally appropriate and good art yeah definitely go a long way and caring caring right. some people don't right and so let's let's chat a bit uh stephanie on your uh uh your, 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 your pledge levels. This is, you know, I, this is amazing. This is the first Kickstarter you've done. Yes. This is my first. Yes. You backed 42. So you're very, so. I backed 42, about, but I have extra accounts when I can't get more than one of the reward I want. Oh, really? <laughs> so let me tell you, I backed more than that. Wow. Oh, that's a good, that's a good trick. Um, <laughs> so, so, so talk to us a bit about, the, the backdrop that you, you mentioned, you know, the, the inception of it. And now that talk us about the logistics of how you got set up on it. Who did you talk to for advice? Cause you have a lot of friends who have done Kickstarters. What were some of the things where they say you got to do this or never do this? What were some of the tips and advice that you got? Yeah. So I, so I only did this because I got an email from Kickstarter that was like, make 100. And I'm like, darn it, I'm just going to do something. So it was just totally like two months or a month before, because I, I did have a few projects last year that were supposed to launch um, on Kickstarter, but it didn't work out for the illustrators or life got in the mm. way. And I said, you know what, why don't I start with something small, right? Something that I can kind of control, right? I can fold. <laughs> All I got to do is draw the little guys. Um, and let me start out that way. Um, and then of course I'm like, yeah, but art, <laughs> you know, like an illustrator and that's, you know, that's where it got it kind of complicated when you then do a collaboration and then you're having a printer and all that sort of stuff. So who did I, I have to say, I've seen so many. So part, part of it is it's like reading. If you want to be a good writer, read, right? right. So I've just been immersed in Kickstarters for a while and backing them and seeing what I liked and what didn't like, what I didn't like, 
Um, I had already gotten practice making videos, although now I got a microphone already. So like my audio issues, <laughs> the next one. Um, and how did I start making videos? I was class parent for one of my kids in kindergarten and they asked me to put pictures and I found, you know, Microsoft video editor and I self-taught myself. I was like, well, this is cool, man. I could put music and figure out how to put things like, okay, I'm not an expert. Yeah. You should use a professional for a big project, whatever. This is a make 100. I thought I'd be okay. So, you know, a lot of this is stuff I had been teaching myself over the years or when I do comic panels and have to do a little two minute, this is who I am thing. Um, so a lot of it came from 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 that, um, and then attending Comic Con panels of all sorts, different comic panels on how to do a Kickstarter. Definitely following if Oriana from Kickstarter was doing any presentation on, um, uh, you know, how you should do them. Just really educating myself in every single way on on how they work. Now, I'm able to take all that, and also I will say. Um, Patrick was developing his Kickstarter at the same time. Although no, Patrick's been, this is, this is a work of, of heart and passion and, you know, 40 days, this meaning a month, like saying, I'm going to do make 100. But <laughs> once he's like heard that I was doing a Kickstarter, exchanging the information and, mm. and, and, you know, we can go into how supportive Patrick's to a lot of creators, but particularly for my Kickstarter. So certainly speaking to other creators like, like Patrick, um yeah so that's that's how i kind of apply and then i'm just applying you know what i saw other people do and just doing it my way now doing it my way meaning look this isn't my graphic novel or one of my comics projects where i'd probably do a little bit differently right, right. oh get all the interviews done ahead of time look at this barney you had to nudge me i mean i didn't want to do make it <laughs> started sending me an email i said okay Barney nudges me. I'm on a show. So like a lot of what I do is based on, on, on nudges, but, um, you know, certainly, and I think there was a second part to your question, Barney, on the actual things that people tell you. So poke me if I'm supposed to answer that. Um, but you know, I certainly didn't have, um, a thousand shows booked ahead of time. The whole thing is, Oh my gosh, get on the shows before the buzz before. Listen, man, this is a little paper zine <laughs> with my drawings and it's public health. <laughs> it's public health rooted. It's a different market. So it's not mm. going to be the same way I approach a comic or a graphic novel um, or anything like that. That being said, you should be talking about it before you do it. Right. <sighs> so I try to include, you know, if you follow me on social media, you'll see me. I'll, I'll post, you know, this is me doing the zines. This is me doing it. Um so that's, yeah, there was yeah, art making it. Yep, that's Patrick. Um, <laughs> so you definitely want to tell people ahead and you don't just pop and say, hey, I launched a Kickstarter without any prep. Although I've seen campaigns get funded that way. Mm -hmm. um, you'll hear, you know, some people like to update you every single day on their Kickstarter. That doesn't work for me. I personally don't want you likely, and this is not, in any way saying anything bad if that makes you happy and that's your thing because i want to update you guys well most of the time not when it's quiet but I, mm. you know part of me wants to update but you know you have to balance what you're comfortable with do you think people's inboxes want a daily update of what this campaign is because for a lot of people some people depending on your crew kickstarter is um might be new to them and they're not going to understand it's not going into a store and buying something and leaving it's actually like a campaign you're excited about, you're supporting the artist. 
Um, so some people might say, you know, constantly update your backers. I'm going to try to limit it to twice a week unless something, you know, extraordinary uh, happens. And yeah, I'm very good at listening to people and saying, this is how you should do it. And then I just do it my way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that I'm this far um, for a public health based zine with my drawings and I'm not an illustrator, um, but I do have the I love my hood angle. Um, uh, I'm very proud of that. You know, I think, you know, I think we could do this. I think we could do it. We have like 16 days. Right. Yeah. And like you said, you're already at like 77% already yeah. on that thing. So, so, so yeah, Stephanie, let's talk about the, um, the, the tier levels. So, sure. yeah, so you got your play, you got your tip jar, right? You know, that's just like here, you know, go ahead and, you know, to put in tip that's, um, five people can put in a minimum of five bucks on there for that. Yeah. One. I think people could put a dollar. Actually, somebody did give me a dollar. So okay. when I, when I did do the tip jar, I noticed, but didn't notice I left it. I didn't delete it. Kickstarter has a default, just support the creator. If you go above it, it starts at 10. So okay. I don't, I think technically next time, maybe I won't have that because it's already there. If right. you look above it. Right. But yeah, you know, anything right. that someone wants to tip. So we've definitely gotten some tips. I've seen that in other Kickstarters. Right. Then we have the buddy, the, the basic $15 one that is a zine for you, a zine for community. You get to choose which one you want, the I Love My Hood or um, the Andromeda. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have, I think it's the webinar level. So that's yeah. really, that's a really good, you know, bang for your buck tier because you're essentially getting a public health consult from me, which is a tier in itself for $500. Um, and we'll get to that one. You're getting a public health consult, but generalized to the zine. So let's say the zine's not it for you. Maybe you need something more. Maybe you want to be walked through it. Maybe you don't care about the zine. If you want to have an hour conversation of all of these tips and concepts, walk through with real live examples, mm. that's the reward tier for you. Right. Um, and I will schedule it based on backer availability. Um, we've already gotten a bunch of people signing up for that. I think the next tier is the take me to your leader, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 110. 110. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's great for, um, I think we have a few backers on that level. If you have an organization that you know, or you work for that could use it and you want to give it out, give the zine out to a few people. Um, that one comes 10 plus one free. Um, that's the, I love my hood one. And then you get the webinar, um, together with that one and you get discounted webinar tickets um, okay. with that bundle. Then I think it's the control your destiny slap. So those went quick. I'm so excited. So wow. those are, if you scroll down Barney um, to the pictures, yeah, the tier levels won't show you that. But if you scroll, scroll, scroll somewhere down to the, the tier pledges, the control your destiny uh, um, oh, there tiers, uh, there it is all gone. So I got, so I have, I'm fortunate. I have actually page variants um, from actual illustrators. Don't kill me. I love my hood. I know you like to call me an artist, but <laughs> in the presence of real illustrators, I will say real illustrators, Aaron Guzman, um, who is an illustrator that I make comic wicks, co comics with DR163, um, COVID Chronicles. He's also my cousin. Um, <laughs> he did these really cool slaps. Um, there's a page in the zine that says you can control your destiny. Like, don't listen to Vader. 
um, you know, getting you to really have feel empowered and know that there is another way. Okay. You don't right. have to go to the dark side. So those two were taken, but the one on the right, which I kind of want, so maybe hey. you can back it. <laughs> then I got to pay Aaron. I don't want to pay Aaron for that. I want to keep it. No, somebody back that one. Um, that one is still available. And I forgot how much. I think it's the 142. You get zines. Um, you might get something else too. Okay. Um, then you have underneath Aaron. So that's a pretty special. If you scroll a little down, there you go. So that's a special reward tier. Wow. Okay. These are canvases from Tracy 168. They're about six by six. Tracy 168 is the legend, a uh, style writer in the golden age of style writing. I say style writing, people say graffiti. Graffiti writers don't really always like that. Um, so you'll see that word used. I'll use style writing interchangeably with graffiti. In the 70s, um, known for the Tracy face, as you see on the left, um, really taking style writing to the trains, uh, really mentoring many graffiti legends uh, of then and now, and originator of Wild Style. Okay. And, um, fortunate to work with him on some things um, and have these rare canvases. I say rare because Tracy's work is some hard to come by. Um, and he's also discerning about who he sells his work to. Um, so I'm fortunate um, that we have two canvases from Tracy. And that tier comes uh, with a Tracy 168 pin and some zines. I believe it's nice. a zine. Okay. Yeah, and then you get a, there's a different one that actually has a signature Tracy 168. Okay. And then the last two, public health consultations. So that's me actually sitting down with you via Zoom, likely, pandemic life. Um, but we could see, we could see where the world is. Um, and sitting down and actually doing a program evaluation or consult based on your program needs. So okay. making sure Z100 is actually applied to your group. You know, I asked you questions before, so it's actually more than an hour and a half where we actually then sit and discuss um, how to make your programs more effective. That's what I did for many years um, at a university hospital. And then there's the pot of gold where you reverse the tables on me. Um, it's an investment opportunity for Daddy Warbucks, <laughs> not Lex Luthor. You don't, we don't need a Lex Luthor, but a Daddy Warbucks is fine, right? Part of meaning well, <laughs> who wants to actually invest in um, community getting these zines and also future public health zines because. Um, as you know, Barney, I have a lot of ideas and a lot of creativity and a lot of projects. Right. Um, and so my time is limited. But if someone really believed in these public health scenes, I am more than willing to invest more time. Because I would actually like to do some follow-up ones. I know um, I love my hood uh, wants me to do <laughs> more um, follow-up ones. So, you know, pot of gold for any uh, investor. And I, I do think that after this Kickstarter, there might be some hospitals that are interested. Um, the challenge of Kickstarters for corporations, I'm not going to speak for all because some of you guys don't box yourselves. Um, it's hard to back something that has, well, we can't guarantee we're going to give it to you. Like imagine right. telling your supervisor, well, I want to, <laughs> I want to invest that. But some groups are. Right. Um, so that's where that pot of gold one sits. So that's more or less in a way kind of like a sponsorship. 
It is a sponsorship. And it is the only one where I will actually give you name recognition in future ones. You know, and again, Lex Luthor does not need to apply. But yes, Mm. yes, for Daddy Warbucks. Remember Daddy Warbucks? You guys know? Yeah, Annie. Annie. Yeah. yeah. Want to make sure. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the sun will come out tomorrow. So that's what Yes. Do, Do you, so with that, what would so you say it's 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 kind of open with like future zines how many like if well, someone's looking at this is like all right where well, is it going to be three future publications sure. five or hey, what would that look like that could be a conversation right? right maybe your pot of gold is more than that right yeah. um where you want to tweak that part of pot of gold so it's definitely open i do know that it would make sense for me to have how not to colonize with your outreach programs. I know it would also be beneficial to have how not to be colonized by your employer mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for, for, for um, outreach. But I think the most logical next one, because I think people are going to, or they've told me they're going to reverse engineer the zine to apply it to be better funders mm-hmm. would be one that speaks directly. And it would be a little, it would be different. Um, but yeah, I could. There's so many different angles of public health uh, approaches I can take um, for the next for our next scenes. Right, um, and you have some that are just all gone. Yeah, you got your yeah, yeah. the control your destiny ones. Yeah, both of them are gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That those went to very supportive um, um, creators. So I really want to thank them. Um, who've been following my work for a while. And that's amazing yeah. too. Like even talk about the Tracy 168 uh, face bundle. Like that's a, that's an artist. Like you're buying artwork. Yeah, that's art. That's, <laughs> that's art that is, you know, hard to come by. Um, you know, celebrities ask him to, uh, for him to sell his canvases and it doesn't always happen. Right. Um, so, you know, it's definitely... It's That's definitely an investment there, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that yeah, it is an investment. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is it is an investment. Um and, and we are gonna be doing um we haven't figured out the logistics if it's just an Instagram live thing or if it's actual like a Zoom thing. Um, but Z one hundred and my public health consultancy, Zoe Health, um, is gonna host um uh a discussion and I have my David Letterman card because this is way too long for me to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Bruno in Uptown. Dr. Cito reflects on the survival narratives within Disney's Encanto CCC. Um, so as I mentioned, um, my husband is a primary care physician and also medical director for um, the undocumented in Uptown. And he would love to have a conversation with people that really breaks down the movie Encanto that so many people are talking about and particularly what's behind. um, Let's talk about Bruno, Uh, uh, whether it's intergenerational trauma and the unstable foundations of immigrant displacement. Sounds very academic, but basically let's talk about some of the issues that were that movie brought up um, that are very relevant to particularly our uptown community um, our Latino communities. Um, the undocumented and migration um, should be an interesting, fun conversation. It's going to happen next week. It's totally free. We will be saying it'd be great for you to tip or support a, a Zine 100 bundle uh, if you haven't already and attend. Um, but yeah, that's my Zoe Health Public Health Consultancy hat, which, you know, 
bridges with physicians and artists uh, for public health discussions and solutions. That's amazing. So you would have, I, you're one of the, your link tree is amazing. Like I've never seen, like it is like, it's. <laughs> what makes it amazing? It's just a it's link updated. Tree. <laughs> no, but like, if you get some of them, people have like their link tree up, like, yeah, I set my link tree up like three years ago and like, okay. So you have yours is like up to date, like new things that are popping out. So. Listen, I don't mess. I said if I was going to do this writing thing, and you'll see Barney Art, your live link is there too. I mean, I Link Tree makes it so easy. Thank you, Seth Martell, for telling me to make one. <laughs> nudges again. It's nudges. He's like, go get a Link to Tree thingy. Um, he didn't say that. I call it a thingy. Um, <laughs> but I said that if I was going to actually start taking my writing and bring it to market, um, however that be, I'm going to really go 100%. And I'm fortunate that I'm, a I'm at a time in my life and that I have the passion and ability to actually um, to do things like that. But yeah, like, I like to have my stuff up to date. <laughs> right. So would this be the, the, the easiest place for people to find you is through your link tree? You could, you know, there's so many places. The link tree, right. the nice thing with the link tree is that it has, if I'm doing an event like today with you, you'll immediately, it'll be up there in the top. So, you know, okay, there is the link, right? It'll have my website. If you just want a direct link and how do I buy your book? Like I, you know, some people don't like looking through a website. You go to link tree, it'll actually have direct links. So you can certainly, it's like the highway or maybe it's a wormhole. I don't know what the great network <laughs> is. <laughs> I love wormholes. Um, Got to look up that astrophysics after this. Barney. Um, and make me wonder what my kindergarten kids are doing <laughs> um, at school. Um, but yeah, either the link tree, I'm the Nina Galaxy. Um, part of it is I have a long name. So um, my website, which also has links to everything, but probably not as easy as this, is Stephanie Nina Pizzarillo's. But if there's one thing you want to remember is, okay, the Nina Galaxy, that's the link tree. She's also the Nina Galaxy on Instagram. Um, I'm actually Zoe Health, Z-O-E Health on Twitter. That's my public health consultancy. But yeah, start at Linktree. It's easy. And Barney said it looks good. So yeah, so you go. Yeah. I mean, and, and right on the top, you got people can click on that and go straight to your Kickstarter. Exactly. You yeah. can go straight to the Kickstarter there. Come on, get us over that uh, whatever math that is. Somebody do the math. Do the math. <laughs> For something. <laughs> yeah, you're getting it. Yeah, that's exciting. And you still have over two weeks left. So. I do have over two weeks left, and I hope to actually share some of the great work um, from the I Love My Hood Collective, which is a wonderful art collective based in uptown Washington Heights um, of New York City that goes and they do a lot of stuff, but um, they, they their motto, the good, the bad, but always the beautiful. So, right, mm. you know, loving your community, respecting your community. You could be critical of your community, but whatever it is, let's make it beautiful. Let's not have... Ugly buildings with no murals. Why can't we look at nice, beautiful things? Um, and they've done work, you know, all around the world, uh, including the Dominican Republic, with just just wonderful um, murals and outreach. And I just thought they'd be a great partner. And I, you know, you know, how did I meet them? I actually met them through outreach, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to work with them to do a, an art mural. And um, when it came time for the contract. This is in the zine, one of the tips. There was a clause in there that basically said, we own everything, the video, everything. Wow. And they turned it down. And I'm like, you're turning down working? This is a great, like, I'm not turning over my rights for my image and my, 
and I really, it stuck with me. I respected it. Right. Um, and I realized, you know, this is some colonizer junk, right? Like, this is not how it should be done. If we're going to work with community, you know, we shouldn't copyright, have to, you know, ask them to copyright their entire existence um, just for right. a one-time check, you right. know? Um, so I, that's always stayed with me. Um, and, you know, the artistic circles, we've always kind of stayed in touch. Um, and then I'm like, wait, this is a perfect project for them. Right. Perfect. Well, we're already at, we're already at the hour mark, Stephanie. Just like what? that. Yeah. <laughs> and we got yeah, and so and now this is your third time. So now you're officially become friend of the show. They say after three appearances, you Really? Yeah, see? Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad. This was a well money well spent for my microphone. I have to come back. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're gonna have me back. I got some projects in the works. Yeah, of course. Yes, know. absolutely. Yes. I won't be shy this time to not say you want to have me on to talk about a zine again. <laughs> yeah, we gotta gotta have you back on, of course. Yeah. Well, th so thank you very much, Stephanie. And, and uh like I say, you're at you're you're already at 75%. Um 77, man. I mean, don't 77. Take okay, all right. Yeah, unless somebody money. canceled the pledge, I heard too much about it. I don't want this anymore. <laughs> Somebody canceled their pledge. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> no, you're good. No, I'm okay. just looking at. I, I, I have it set up there. It doesn't see the percentage. You might. Ah, uh, okay. You did the so. math in your head. I, as I tell Patrick, which by the way, you guys will learn about Patrick. You'll hear from him soon. But he does have a great um, Kickstarter that launched a Tiger's Tail. I have to say that, um, guys, go out and back that one too. Patrick yeah, actually, ah, we didn't talk about Patrick did a page variant for they came, they saw, and they published, but um, there's just so much to talk about. So thank you, Patrick, for doing that. He is an artist that you also uh, get some art from uh, by backing Z100. Nice. All right. All right. Well, thank you very right. much. You're kicking us off, Brian. Oh, no, my Alexa just said something. I think I accidentally <laughs> said Alexa. Phones, Alexa, <laughs> landlines. We yeah. got it all here. So. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, and uh, and um, uh, I look forward to uh, I look forward to getting your seat. Thank you so much, Barney, for having me and being You're such welcome. a supporter. You know, I find it, I, I, I do find it interesting. Like this is the uh, the third time on and you have a different background. You're like in a different room. I, I got to keep it interesting. You know, know. <laughs> like I got to keep it interesting. I get kind of get bored of the same thing. And I'm like, let me be near my plants for right. today. Because That's you good. like to look at art. You can look at different art in the room. <laughs> right. yeah. And it I depends got my on lighting too. Today lighting right. put in this corner. It's good. I like it. Yeah, this is a. It's it. Do, it does actually feel more like a. Um, I don't. You, you know what? It, I think what it is when you talk about books, it's always good to have books in the background, right? So, and you got art, so you got everything, and so that's a. It's a very. It's a. It, it, it's a very. Um, apropos background you have set up. Now. I might know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> might might. You do. You do.